Hey loves, what's on your shelf? my book lovers welcome or welcome back to another episode of what's on your shelf and this is my february rap sheet like this is has the long awaited audio or the long awaited episode is now out this was supposed to be out like long ago i can't believe it's now coming out i'm so sorry so february was a very good reading month for me when i say a good reading month i mean i was able to read more than i actually planned to read so if you are on this episode of the podcast you already know about my goal of reading at least 46 books in the year which i broke down into two books per month february i was able to read three books which is like a big goal or accomplishment like you know the first book i read for the month of february was dear ijawili or a feminist manifesto in 15 suggestions by chimamanda ingozi adichi so currently i know the word feminist is like has been misconstrued to the fact that it's now actually a triggering word in a society for a woman to stand up to be like oh i'm a feminist it has this whole side eye question mark and all that this book doesn't it's not on the side of the whole women should be disrespectful to men the whole should women be submissive or not no this book doesn't take that route at all but it actually talks about the fact that there is more to women than childbearing marriage and being home or being in the kitchen so this book talks about the fact that women can do more like actually when given the platform or when given they go ahead they actually can do so much better than we it's like we have no expectation for women but then when we give them the platform they are able to do exceedingly and abundantly than we could ever think so this book actually it's showing more lights on the power of a woman do you get it that the woman can handle the home and also can be in the corporate world that it's not a shame for a woman to be doing so well in the corporate world and not married or not having uh, not having children this book talks about the fact that when girls are given birth to from day one it is drilled into their mind that they have to grow up to be presentable to be able to to get a man to marry them and give birth to other children and to be able to do chores but then guys are giving birth to and is drilled into their mind of being providers going out to make money to be able to take care of their family but then it talks about the fact that housekeeping and childbearing is not all that there is to women but then women can actually do both so i wrote a few notes from the book the book actually is a story of a woman advising her friend that has given birth to a baby girl so these are some of the notes i wrote from the book it says for me feminism is always contextual i don't have a test in stone rule the closest i have to a formula are my two feminist tools and i want to share them with you as a starting point the first is your premise the solid unbending belief that you start off with what is your premise your feminist premise should be i matter i matter equally 
not if only not as long as i matter equally full stop the second tool is a question can you reverse x and get the same results for example Many people believe that a woman's feminist response to her husband's infidelity should be to leave. But I think staying can also be a feminist choice depending on the context. The pioneering American journalist Marlene Sanders, who was the first woman to report from Vietnam during the war, and who was the mother of her son, once gave this piece of advice to a young journalist never apologize for working you love what you do and loving what you do is a gift to give your child everybody has an opinion about what you should do but what matters is what you want for yourself and not what others want for you please reject the idea that motherhood and work are mutually exclusive feminism and femininity are not mutually exclusive so the story talked about women who have given birth to children who are doing so well in their work that are being shamed for it but then to talk about the fact that with the journalist she had a son all right and she was the first journalist to report during the vietnam war she was doing so well and to her it was a plus to her for her son to see that she was doing what she loved not a shame People in society radical women who work corporate job as people that can take care of home. They are like, you are working 9 to 5, what time do you have to take care of your child? But then this book brings about a different route of my child seeing that in as much as I'm a woman, I'm achieving my, my goals, I am being successful. So then my child has something to look up to. So therefore, feminism and femininity are not mutually exclusive. I can do so well in the corporate world and I can also keep a home. That is the whole summary I got from this book. And overall, I give this book a 4 star rating. Because it was very good. But then it was a short story and it's, it's a book that actually needs you to think deeper to actually read book it's not an over the surface book so for a lazy reader this book might be a little difficult to understand but i feel like every female out there needs to read this book at a point in your life you need to give you a boost because we have people in this 2023 that are still feeling guilty for working even though they are mom they are moms or people who are 40 and 50 and they are feeling so guilty of not being married or not having children even though they have a successful corporate life so i think every female should read this book to actually know that there is a balance and for the guys out there too people with primitive ideas actually need to reconsider you know because we have countries being governed by women who are doing so well we have businesses being governed by women who are doing so well so there are actually research out there to proving that there is more to women than just being in the kitchen and giving birth so that is one thing i liked about this book the second book i read for the month of february was all that you deserve by jacqueline whitney and this book was a three-star rating book for me 
because it was like a group of short stories personally i i, I like to follow a storyline like you know from a point to a point not just bits and pieces but overall this book i categorize it as a mental health book um for those of you who don't know i'm a big mental health advocate so i categorize this book as a mental health book because all that you deserve was actually talking about the making yourself a priority you matter you deserve this you deserve that don't be apologetic for going after what you deserve and all that so i'm going to do a deep dive on this book soon on later episodes of this podcast but it's a good book and i think each and every one should read this book the last book i read for the month of february was my all-time favorite jumbo please it was bamboozled by jesus by yvonne Orchen. this book i actually heard about this book like a year ago there was a whole like hype about this book and all that but i actually had not brought myself to read it so i finally read it in the month of february and boy oh boy this book was good one thing or one of the major things i decided to do for all the books i'll read is like not to go and read the epilogue not to read any spoilers or only anything like just go in blind you know because i feel like when you read a book blind like you are able to actually get to the suspense the trailer the mystery and everything like it's very intriguing so i went into this book without any prejudice i had just heard that it's a, book, a good book you get it uh-huh then i started this book <laughs> oh my god this book or well, even urgent is actually a comedian she's a nigerian american comedian you get it she's not like any traditional book author or anything she just went into this she just she, she was just winging it in this book and this book was actually written beautifully like the whole plot is not like the traditional book that even with the language like there is pigeon there is like she wrote the book in a comic way that all gets you cracking like gets you laugh and all that it's actually a true story about how she was bamboozled like i'm going to explain the word bamboozled bamboozled mean like she had a set in stone plot or set in stone plan for her life but her life didn't go according to that and she wrote it from a christian perspective because she's a christian so that's where the title bamboozled from jesus is coming from before i go ahead i want to read a bit of the i think the first page first page or two from the way she wrote the book for you it's not a spoiler it's just page one or two or three i i appreciate you so this is how she started it so in the beginning i was born holding my mother's iud in my hand true story after three sons my parents decided that their baby making days were over clearly god was like nah and nine months later i defiantly burst out of the womb clutching the very device meant to prevent my conception that was my first taste of being bamboozled by jesus i see the look of horror on the face of everyone either using or contemplating using an iud relax that was in the 80s in nigeria i'm sure there's been advances in medical technology by now 
If not, just name the baby God's will. But ain't that just like God do? He's out here being the sovereign trickster in our lives, acting like the agent of these Ashton Ketcher. Running round town getting folks punked. Personally, I've fallen for the bamboozlement of Jesus several times. Like when I was in college freshman and I thought I was gonna leave it up. I imagine my days consisting of partying, studying, partying someone, you know, the basics. Little did I know how quickly how quickly those plans would be caboshed and suddenly turn into attend a Bible study freshman year, commit my life to Jesus and remain a virgin until I get married. What? Who agreed to the um, bamboozlement? Oh, it didn't stop there. After graduation, I plan on going to medical school, the pinnacle of success for every Nigerian child. Not according to Jesus, it wasn't. One day, out of the left field, I heard him tell me to perform stand-up comedy instead. Well, that's just ridiculous, I thought. I had never done nor desired to do comedy, so I wouldn't even know the first thing about bamboozled. <laughs> My life today is basically one big walking billboard of how God tricked me into living out my wildest dream. I ain't mad at it, but along the way, I definitely had questions and a few choice words for Jesus that didn't start with, dear heavily anything. <laughs> Thankfully, we made it, so like I said, I ain't mad about it. Bamboozling people into a life they never could have imagined for themselves is kind of Jesus' M.O. All throughout the Bible, he sucked several unsuspecting targets into a life full of prestige and promise. And by sucked, I mean dragged through struggles and pain before getting to the good stuff. But can you blame Jesus? He himself got bamboozled. God told him to come down to earth perform a few dope miracles, but then set him up for the okie-dokie with the whole die on the cross for their sins thing. Heck, even Jesus' own mama, Mary, got bamboozled when an angel rolled up on her like, hey girl, go on ahead and have this here baby. Don't worry about the loss of biology or your boot thing, Joseph. I got you covered. Apparently, nobody is safe in these streets. Everybody can get it. Being bamboozled by Jesus is low-key the most frustrating, amazing thing you ever experience. It ain't always sexy, but it is always worth it. But don't feel bad for wanting to tap out midway through. Even Jesus looked for an exit strategy. He straight up asked God, if there be any other way, let this car pass me by. In other words, fam, this ain't it. While you may want to chuck up the deuces, the only way out is to settle for less than God's best, and we are not about that life. However, when you are bamboozled by Jesus, you have the last laugh. He will have you dreaming improbable dreams and living a life so unimaginable you wouldn't believe it either, if it wasn't your very own. So that is the first couple of pages of the book. Let me tell you something. So the first day I decided to read this book, I was at work. 
and i wasn't like busy like there was nothing really to do so i was like okay let me start a new book because one of my my goals is actually to make use of any little free time i have so i took this book page one in i started reading this book then i found myself screaming like like the whole hype type of thing after work and i was like "Mm -mm, this book is not meant to be read at work because you know i was going to people are going to think like this girl is straight up crazy or i was going to get into trouble people are going to be like ah how is she so hyped about just reading a book but the part that actually got me was the part that said everybody unsafe on the streets me and my sister have this thing of say like she is made from the streets so the moment i got to that part i just screamed everybody unmade for the streets <laughs> the way i was so hyped and excited about this book and you all should go and read it so i remember closing this book and then waiting for like an extra one week before i pick up this book to read again <laughs> that was just page one into the book so the whole entire book is hyped hyped like hype. i'm hyped this book so much and see you they should really 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 employ me as their pro for the book so i wrote a couple of things down from the book a couple of things i personally learned from the book so there were rules that she wrote throughout the book and the first one was don't check the fine print if some of us read the fine print before we got started we would most likely renegotiate the contract or abandon the ship altogether that is how getting bamboozled by Jesus works. You believe the dream, get hooked on the hope, then get sucker punched by the fine print before eventually winning the prize. I relate so much to this. You know, mostly as Christians, we are navigating our life according to the plans of God. Mostly when our purpose or the end goal is revealed to us, we see all this bright and shiny, like, you know, it's nice and all that. We want to get to that point. But then we don't know the roots or the struggles that we are going to take to get to that point. Mostly those things are not revealed to us. So we get, we start the journey and along the line, some of us want to abandon the ship. Some of us want to, some people want to like, we like, abandon everything they don't they don't want to go again they say they don't want to do again but then it was telling us that don't check the fine print because always the price ahead is beautiful it's glorious but sometimes when you look at the fine print you want to like renegotiate the whole contract you know and god doesn't work like that he doesn't work on your terms rule number two do allow god to add his super to your natural so please don't discredit what god can use to your credit sometimes certain things are there that actually don't work in the normal like you know the fact that she was going to school to become a medical doctor and she didn't know anything about comedy but they just asked her to go and do stand-up comedy like god asked her to go and do stand-up comedy do you get it Uh so the fact that she just started with her natural but then she didn't limit God. She didn't discredit God. And she allowed God to do something extraordinary. And then she was able to get her own show out of this whole thing in the long run. So that was good. The rule number three was, let God build an accessible ramp. 
Rule number four, do show up so God can show up. So there were times when she started that everything wasn't going well. Like she was struggling with finances. She was struggling with getting people. She was, started, she was struggling with a whole lot. But then she always showed up. So she got to a point where she got venue. She had to be the one to go and clean up, go and set up. And then at the end of the day, she would just get like about 10, 13 people. Like not even up to the capacity of the venue. She, but she kept showing up. There will be times she would drag her speakers and microphones through the weather to go and set up. And she would not have enough people showing up. But she always kept showing up. And then surely but surely, God actually showed forth. So she said, showing up is actually half the battle. The other half is showing up prepared. Rule number five I wrote from the book is, don't neglect the small stuff. Her first gig was actually hosting small comedy shows, actually doing small, small. She didn't start with the big stuff of actually writing her own shows or having an HBO series. No, it was just the small opportunities, the small crowd. She kept perfecting her work until she got to the bigger stage. So she says, make no mistake. Anytime you own the fullness of who you are, it will make others uncomfortable. Don't talk bad about you and try to poke holes in your transformation. Let them talk. They are entitled to have them. Just like you are entitled to not let them face you. So it wasn't that the Jews needed her. They were simply offering her an opportunity to get in on God's master plan. Your willingness isn't doing God any favor, but it does open up doors on favor unto you. I don't know about you, but the thought that God could call me to do something potentially magnificent and through my inaction or willful disobedience, I would essentially be asking him to choose another makes my head hurt because when he does choose someone else and it does work because it always was designed to work and I see that person living in my promise I promise you it will be upset but don't allow yourself to disqualify what you bring to the table just because someone else sat down before you it's not only important to know who you are but equally as important to know who you are. Not everyone will be a fan of your convictions, but don't let that stop you from having them. So this past talk about the fact where she decided that even though she was going to be in the Hollywood industry, she was not going to be acting any sex scenes. She had people telling her that it wasn't possible and all that, but she stuck to her motive, she stuck to her aim she stuck to her goal and actually worked for her so that was the point this was coming from then she continues to say whenever you tap into who you are someone is bound to be mad that you dare to do what they couldn't but you can't be responsible for their insecurities and shortcomings the same way bentley manufacturers have determined the cars worth based on german engineering meticulous hand stitching and the european leather that goes into each creation. We too were designed in a heavily factory. That's custom built as for luxury performance. So go ahead and set that bar wherever you want. If people can't meet it, that doesn't mean it's too high. They just might be too short. This part was coming from when she set up this um, her 
her series, their, their budget and all that. People were trying to actually renegotiate the deal of giving her something cheaper. But she didn't falter, like she wasn't faced. She sticked to what she wanted and she eventually even got more than she was actually bargaining for. So that is where she wrote this. So even though this book is written from a Christian perspective, if you are a non-Christian that wants to read this book, there is so much you can pick up for. It was like this book was written for everybody. It wasn't written for the traditional Christian. You know, you, actually, you have to actually be open-minded to read this book. And overall, Bamboozle by Jesus is a five-star rating book. Is it a book I'll read again? Definitely. Is it a book that excites me anytime I think about it? Definitely. So I encourage each and every one of you to read this book and let me know what you think. Do you think I'm hyping this book too much or is it worth the five-star rating? So let me know. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of What's on Your Shelf. As I said, February was a good reading month. Let's see what March holds. What's on your shelf on this podcast? We say... Read it, love it, be you. See you on the next episode. Bye. Don't forget to click on the follow button and don't forget to leave a rating. Feel free to recommend any books with a DM on our Instagram. See you on the next episode of What's on Your Shelf.